This is Channel 253. In this episode of What Say You? Well, I had I had one big question. And I'm like, you know what? I got to ask this question out loud. Why do people why do white people hate us so much? Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. What say you? Real sisters, real talk. What say you? Down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What What say say you? Sister Audrey Louise, what's up, girl? Girl. Mm. I know we both both say, "Mm." Ooh, I, I, uh, I'm not going to be Debbie Downer. That's not who I am going to be, okay? I can say that since we last got together, I have gone from exhausted to limp. <laughs> Girl, okay? really? Girl. Really? Oh, yes, sister. All right. All right. Go ahead. And, Go explain and, a little something. And everywhere in between. You hear me? All right. So, okay. So today is uh, June 7th. Mm-hmm. I think, how long has it been since we did our last one? It's been one week. And for one listeners, week. this mm-hmm. is Unapologetically Black Part 2. This is Audrey and I. We have been in reflection and now we're back at you, just in case you're catching up with us. Some of you all are our loyal listeners, Channel 253, so you're like, what they going to say next? And some of y'all just tuning in, but yeah, honey, mm. real talk right now about to happen, unapologetically Ooh. black. And sister, keep going. What's up? So I have been, you named the emotion and that's what I have been through since we were last together. One week. And that's why I'm limp. Mm-hmm. Because there have been so many other things that have unfolded. You know, when we did Unapologetically Black Part 1, the, the force behind that was to talk about George Floyd. George so Floyd. You, you can imagine seven days later that... We have seen and heard a lot of other stuff. And oh. and one of the reasons I sound the way I sound is mm-hmm. a good reason. I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little hoarse. Yeah, you sound hoarse. What you been doing? What you been screaming at? Girl, I sound like a dude. Who okay. you been screaming at? What? <laughs> Girl, you sound like you've been, act- you've been using your voice. To be uh, passionate about something. Girl, I have found a new way to protest. And let me tell you, honey, on my front porch. Okay. You live on the main street. You be I live live on a main street. In Tacoma. In Tacoma, Washington. And the reason I am so hoarse is because I have been joining the protesters from my front porch. Yes. Okay. So right. I am 
socially distancing, protesting, hollering, screaming, giving support, uh, air hot fives. It has been wonderful to see what Tacoma is doing real time and and not not just once but it's been consistent oh, it is consistent we didn't put we drew the land, line in the sand and now they put the stake in the ground and Tacoma is saying oh hell to the no uh-uh. well, let, me, let me tell you about um Friday so these these protesters have been coming up and down the street since uh, last week, actually. However, on Friday, I'm hollering and screaming and yes, 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 girl. And why did my neighbor, my white neighbor, by mm-hmm. the way, have to school me on what was going on on Friday? Oh yeah, girl. Something happened in our true backyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we, before we say th- before, because this is what has motivated us to come to part two. I know what you're about to say. Yes. May I please check in first, and yes. um, and then let's let's just get to it. Uh, I'm doing okay. I have found my uh, activism focus. Right. Okay. I know. Let me just <laughs> apologize to the listeners for last week because I was screaming and hollering in the phone uh, and in the uh, Zoom, whatever, however Doug was capturing audio, just charged it to my head. I was hollering. Oh, okay? oh well. I was screaming. And so I want you to know that uh, I checked that. So I've got my tone down a little bit, but I am still motivated. And so right now I have found last week I was reporting about being on the couch for three or four days. Mm-mm, I'm, mm-hmm. up I'm up and I'm busy and I'm doing something excited to tell you all about. I've turned my anger into activism and I am busy doing Peace Queen stuff. Okay. Peace Queen is, is ready to actualize for such a time as this. Um, and this time now is to talk about what has freaking happened in our own yard, not backyard, mm-hmm, in our mm-hmm. own freaking yard mm-hmm. in the 253. Girl, you called me the other day. You said, oh, we all seeing it. We all seeing it. Now, uh, listeners, I'm telling you, I have been fasting from television. So to the family of the victim that we're getting ready to name, I apologize, Peace Queen, for not being up on this because it has been more that I could consume. And so I've not been on television or any of that. So I didn't know until sister called. And then girl, what'd you call and say? Okay. So I don't know where I was when this actually happened, when Manuel Ellis was killed by Tacoma police in, in March. March 3rd. He died in March. March 3rd. March 3rd. So I don't know. I don't even understand how that got by me. I was I in Africa. So I don't, I, I mean, I, I didn't know anything. I was in Africa and, and you were here, but they didn't say nothing. Cricket, silent. 
Why? Girl. Crickets. Crickets. And it turns out, so that was March. So now we're in June. This is three months later. April, May, June. It's, mm-hmm. past, it's past June 3rd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Friday is when the coroner's report came out. Girl, they murdered him, just like George. Asphyxiation. Understand? Yes. Same thing. Yes. Same okay. Let me thing. let me let me say exactly what the coroner said. Okay. Coroner said Ellis died of respiratory arrest due to hypoxia caused by. Physical restraint, hypoxia. Now, now this is just a little understanding. Hypoxia is a condition in which the body is deprived of adequate oxygen supply. That sounds like I can't breathe. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And there was new video that surfaced notice i said video yeah and that new video from a young white woman yeah is in direct contrast to what the police said happened yeah Yeah, can we stop just for a second because um, I want our listeners to understand what we are saying. Okay, we are on channel 253. So channel 253's focus is for the people that live in the 253. And 253 is the Tacoma, Pierce County and surrounding vicinity area. So Tacoma, Pierce County and surrounding uh, area. Audrey and I are talking to you. These are our people. These are our law enforcement officers, okay? And in some cases, I'm speaking because we've lived, Audrey, we've lived in this community for what, 43, 47 years. Yeah. And we, we have lived here for 47 years. So we claim that this is family. This is home right here. This is home. Mm-hmm. The Lakewood Police Department, the Pierce County Sheriff, the yeah. Tacoma Police Department, you are our people. Yeah. We pay taxes yeah. to hire you to protect us. And so, okay, I, I'm just setting this context so you can keep going because I need this to get, people can't get it twisted. All right, this is us. This is Tacoma. This is is home. Mm -hmm. This is home. Mm -hmm. And the world is looking at us. And um, Tacoma Police Department, okay, you didn't put us in the, you didn't put us in the world news. Tacoma Police Department. And let me say this. Okay, girl, because you know we have to give disclaimers. People going to try to say we trying to hate on the police and everything. And we going back to this and this we are not. Don Ramsdale, chief of police, and all the other people, 
that work at the police department, you know, I've been with you since the uh, 80s when I was the equal employment opportunity officer for the city of Tacoma. So we are family. We are, we, we are family. Okay. Yes. And I'm sorry. Let me just get it off my chest. No, go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Putting it in context. We are family. I'm setting this stage. It ain't like we Johnny come lately walking to this party. We have investment in this community. And yes, we do. you have put us in a position that we have to defend our family, which we want to. But now you asking us to trust your word. Mm-mm. Yes. I'm, I, mm-mm, because now mm-mm means mm-mm means you got to help us understand what the hell is going on. Okay, we're not trying to rush the judgment and y'all mad at the mayor right now. We're going to get to that for rushing the judgment. We're going to get to that. But let's just go back to um, Louise, you were giving the facts. I'm sorry, I moved on to uh, context, context, but I feel it's so important to make this connection because we're on channel 253 and we're in the 253. This is us. Yes, sister. This is us. There is no escaping uh, behind the television, looking at the national news. The news is right here. The, the same thing that happened to George happened to Manuel here at home. Mm-hmm. Down the street from many of you. I don't know where he lived. And Can I just back up and say... To his family, God bless you all. Can't even imagine what you're going through, what you've been through, just to get to the truth. And the thing that really bothers me, um, well, one of the many things that bothers me that keeps me up at night, especially lately, is why? 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 Louise, when I looked at that video, okay, you know, because before the video comes out, it's everybody retreats to their corner and then they start making uh, assumptions and ideas on uh, just based on what their life experience has brought to think about, you know, black and police relations, et cetera. But when I saw that video and, um, the police were kicking him. You know, they were, they were like stomping him, you know, like a good old fashioned. Yes. And the, uh, what is it? The, um, from what I, you know, since we wasn't there, you can't make a whole, you can't make conclusions. But from what I understand from the witness account, um, that he was all, you know, his hands, he was already uh, checked, you know, mm-hmm. he, wasn't a threat no more yeah and they was they was beating him but also the part that struck my heart I mean that just like hurt my heart that they were screaming out um just what what are they saying like just don't uh resist or yeah some kind of command like they were performing for the camera or perform not performing for the camera but performing for the official record for the report Yeah, for the report. They were performing for the report. So they're screaming these things like it's practice and rehearsed. And so um, 
when, so, so, okay, all I'm saying, and I'm saying it to, because I really feel like crying right now, you know, mainly for Manny and what he was going through. Mm-hmm. And, and for the, the woman, the brave woman, the Shiro that uh, recorded this, you know, what, what are you actually feeling as you're watching, you know, you're watching and being impacted by this pain, by this pain. And so watching this narrative now be shifted and created and redirected so that we can somehow justify the loss of a human life, I'm so sad. I mean, my, my head hurts right now. I'm, I, I just feel sick. And this is not about me. I know many of you all are feeling because I'm at a loss for words. Because our beloved, you know, we are a beloved community. And those that are um, chosen to protect and serve of us, you've betrayed our trust. And this part is hard to digest because we, we can't unsee what we see. And we can't. I told you, I told, I said this on uh, Unapologetically Black Part One, that seeing George's murder forever changed me. And another way it changed me is that I don't want to hear about, but there's good cops. Okay. I don't, don't, don't ever, ever say that to me again and please I implore you don't let that come out of your mouth now let me clarify what I mean by that we already know that okay there's good everybody there's good and there are good and bad humans in this world we're not stupid we know that what happens is there cannot afford to be any bad cops. You understand? There can't be zero. Because with all the great policemen in the whole wide world, it only takes one to kill. And what we've seen is the culture. There is clearly a culture amongst police departments within that allows the few bad ones to exist and go out and kill George, go out and kill Manuel. We can't afford one, not one. Be outraged with the one. Don't come back with the with the ninety nine percent. What about that one? And what about that culture? What is it in the police culture that those bad ones get to stay and kill? What is it? Let's focus on that. Sister, I understand what you're saying. And Sorry for hollering. 
No, it's okay. I was hollering all of the last show, so we get a pass for hollering. But I want to go to the IUPA uh, Local 6, because that's the union where um, the police officers that uh, killed, that murdered Manny, that's where they belong. At least I, I'm understanding and I'm, I'm on their webpage and I'm looking at their mission statement because I want, I want to be clear, you know, they're, the, they're doing, the union is doing their job to make the noise and protect the police officers from hurt, harm and danger of the public because their mission statement says to unite the employees of the Tacoma Police Department for their mutual welfare protection and advancement. Okay, so so community, you can't be outraged at the union for coming out and saying what they're saying and doing what they're doing because they're doing their job. I bet I can. Okay? No, I no, I, I mean, okay, listen. I yes. beg to differ with everything. Okay, wait, 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 wait. They're doing their job. So? All right, so don't, okay. What, okay, what I'm trying to say is just sharing the perspective of what the union is. And, and so that's their job. It doesn't say the perspective of the citizen. So their so, job is to protect murderers? That's yes, what they do? That's what that's it what is. That's, that's what they do. Okay, well, then that needs to change. Okay. All right. That, well, let, me, what, let me put it this way. That's what they do. These people that did that, that murdered Manuel, are employees of the Tacoma Union, six. And their mission statement says that they are responsible for protecting them. So, yes, that's what they do. And so the question becomes, what does the community do? And what is the community's response to this? Because the community has to say, no, no, sir, these employees that are acting in this way, that's not how we do Tacoma. This, that's not who we are. And so you can protect them all you want to because that's your job, but please hear us. That's not how we live here. That's not who we are as citizens of Tacoma. That's all I'm saying. I ain't trying to be mad. Listen, girl, I ain't trying to be mad. You see me rolling my neck. I see you rolling your neck. But all you of that. Keep everything in perspective. I don't have to keep nothing in perspective. Perspective was lost. Listen. Listen, Linda. Okay, I'm listening. Because this is what I'm feeling right now for real, real. I ain't got to keep nothing in perspective. Perspective was lost. The minute they... That man put his knee on George's neck the minute that they killed Manuel. I don't have to be. This is my rioting and looting. This is what you're hearing right now. Because mm -hmm. this is okay. the way I feel. This is rage. This is rage. Because for 400 years, we've been keeping perspective. Why well, I got to always be that one. I'm tired. This is raw. I'm tired, literally. Because we are always the ones, oh, 
You got to do this the right way. You got to do, oh, no, you can't. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know what? Forget that. I am forever changed. And, and going forward, I will never be that girl again that doesn't say something just because somebody's uncomfortable. I will never be that girl again that cares a frick and frack about what is politically correct. What do I look like at work? And social events, I don't give a darn, period. So I ain't keeping nothing in perspective. You go ahead, girl. I'm sorry. I didn't know girl, that was going to happen. Girl, it's okay, because I'm over here doing that's my raw feeling. That's my raw feeling. There I is know. a shift that needs to happen. And Godzilla, part of that is with us. No, I get it. I get it. One, I get it 100%. I get it. And all I want to help people understand is just different sides of the argument. And it's like when we draw the line, arguing. listen, when we draw the line in the sand, you have to say, what side of the argument are you on? Because you have people, Louise, that are sitting there and they still want to question and figure Let out. Question. And, I don't care about them anymore either. I don't I, care. They going to be okay. like that anyway. Haven't we learned that? Louise, we're in agreement. What I'm saying is that people want to spend their energy fixing this freaking broken system when... Will we wake up to thoughts of liberation, actions of liberation, where we create our own new systems, yeah. new systems to advance us and move towards humanity as we see and envision our beloved community? Stop trying to fix this mess. And so all with talking about the union and that, it's just that is the system that we have to reject and just ask everyone to be using their, well, not everyone, because people that believe in those old systems, we're just going to invite you to stay there. We, we, you, don't, you don't need to come with, with the new. We don't need the new. And why people that are waking up to all of this, I mean, shocked. We're all crying. We're all grieving. And you're waking up going, oh my God, I'm just, I feel betrayed. I feel everything. I don't know what to do. I can't, I mean, it's like, okay, take a moment to grieve and then wake up and determine that you're not going to go backwards. Do something different. Oh, it's just different. Be, be different. It is so different now. Please be different. That's, that's Please different. Please do better. And we, if you have done anything in your life to diversify your life, and this is all human humanity. I mean, even as black people, you know, we gotta we gotta have white friends in order to survive. White people, you ain't gotta have no black friends. But I'm saying now this is a time to take inventory of who is around you and what are your strengths and what are we gonna do collectively in this new system. To leave institutional racism in the rear view mirror, this is some bullshit. I'm you know, oh, oh my God, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I said that. I said that. I said that. I, you know what? I thought about um, some of my many thoughts. 
Well, I had I had one big question, and I'm like, you know what? I gotta ask this question out loud. Why do people? Why do white people hate us so much, girl? Why do they hate us? And I thought about that, and I'm like, okay, let's look at this. Babies are born, right? Yeah. And so some babies like us were born black with black skin. And then there are some babies that are born with white skin. And then there are babies born of other ethnicities. But let's just keep this black and white right now since this has gone on for so long. So you got your black baby born and then you got your white baby born. And you know, unless you a sociopath, babies are beautiful. Babies are beautiful. And you know, neither baby chose the color of their skin. We don't get to do that. You're just born. And then those babies, the black baby, as soon as they are born, they're born with that hate. Knowing that somebody going to hate them. That's the burden for the rest of their life because they were born with black skin. That's that is their original crime. Yeah, being born. Being born with black skin. The white baby is born with the ability to flourish. But that burden is not with them. And still, white people hate us. White people hate us. And please don't, nobody out there, I, well, hell, I don't care. I ain't talking about all white people. No, not all white people. But those white people, those white people have hated us for 400 freaking years. And they brought us here. Yeah, they And that's the, that right there, they brought us here. It ain't like we got on a, you know, got on a damn boat and buffaloed up in here and, you know, we gonna come, come to America after you done stole the Native American people. Y'all came and got us. You got us to hate us. Forever. Okay. Well, it was the switch from we never switched from um, being viewed as property versus uh, human beings. Right. And so when uh, back in the day when we were slaves, we were property. And so that's just stuff. You ain't got to have no emotion around stuff, girl. It's just stuff. And that's how they see us as disposable stuff. Okay, but then through the civil rights movement and uh, and just over time as our um, emotions and minds and just the whole um, intention of God for humanity evolves, then we begin to live out these biblical principles and um, other spiritual uh, knowledge understandings that we're all human and that we are one and that we're all interconnected. So people that hold hate in their heart, well, it's one thing, it's hate, and then it's guilt, okay? Because the white people that we know now, you know, like Doug, you 
you a white man. We, you, you was born in this system. So you didn't have no choice, right? You didn't, you, you was not even part of the architecture table. You were born into this system. Everyone was born. We did not choose. Okay, but once we become aware, once we become aware of what the system is and have a knowledge or some kind of um, understanding of the privilege, you know, like Miss Ann, the one that uh, pulled her Miss Ann card on living while bird watching. You know, once you remember, remember the white girl in the yes. uh, park? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so at some point, even though you were born in the system, you learn how to use the system to your advantage. And you also learn that if you're quiet, if you don't say anything, that the advantages come. And so it takes a white person to intentionally reject the idea and the notion to be um, a part of it. And so, and, and it takes black people and others to reject. You've got to say, we were all born in this and now we have to absolutely reject this system. We have to say, no, uh-uh, I ain't doing this. Okay, I got the okie doke. I know what this is and I am choosing to be out. So what does choosing to be out means? That means that you must intentionally, first of all, go get your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. It's like a freaking disease, right? Racism is a disease. So you need to get your diagnosis and figure out what stage that you're at. And the intercultural development inventory, that's the instrument that I work with that assesses intercultural competence, IDI. That's going to help you get your understanding of where you are on the intercultural competence scale. Because like I was saying before, you know, we talked about this. Yes. um, Denial and polarization, people, that's not my ministry. I do not get people in denial and polarization. If you are at minimization or beyond, minimization means, okay, well, you know, you flat, you don't see color, da, 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 but I can work with you if your mind is open to learn something new. And acceptance is, okay, I understand what's going on, but I really don't feel like I have all the skills that I can use, but, I, you know, I'm willing to push yeah, it yeah. if I can get in it. And then adaptation is I am all the way in. I have got these skills. I know what to do. I am practicing it regularly. You call me a co-conspirator. I am an accomplice. I am all of that because I am intentionally working in my life to dismantle these anti-racist thoughts and ideologies that were placed in me at birth just because I'm white. You have to reject it. Say it out loud. Look yourself in the mirror and say, hell no, I ain't doing that no more. Then we can talk. You know what scares me? What What scares me the most is quite simply the reason racism still exists is because there are many white people out there who don't reject it and they're teaching their kids. Girl, listen. I saw a TikTok. You know what TikTok is? I, I don't mean, clock. Uh, Jaylene told me what that was. She showed me. I saw a TikTok and there were two young girls. It was, girl, they was like 12 and 13, Jaylene's age, calling people niggers. <gasps> 
at 12 and 13, now, you know, those babies, I'm going to go back to my baby analogy. Those babies did not come out like that. I also saw a TikTok. Now, there is a, a lot of activity with the younger people, with the millennials, Jaylene's age, where they're posting on TikTok that they hate their families, mm. that they are trapped into racist families. This one, this one baby was sobbing. She's like 13, 14. And she was sobbing. I was crying. Because what's she going to do? She can't do nothing. She My parents are racist. And I hate that. And I'm not. I mean, she was sobbing because she's trapped. And yep. so there is that hope that some will because they are exposed to, to others at school, because they're exposed to others in their extra extracurricular activities, they see something different. But when they go home, they are mired in racism. Damn. They have no power. So that was really, um, I, I, ne- I never thought about that. It's eye-opening and it's hopeful. Listen, we should go to a break right now. And then when we come back, let's let's shift our focus into uh, what can people do? Let's energize them into some action, strategy, strategic work. You know, how do you protest? Let's just talk about ways to um, address the grief that they're feeling and turning it into activism. Is that all right? That sounds good. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, I'm Melanie Denise Cunningham, your 253 Peace Queen. And I'm Audrey Cunningham. And we're the host of the Channel 253 podcast, What Say You? This episode of Channel 253 is sponsored by PeaceWorks United and the Greater Tacoma Community Foundation. And we're here to remind you that the 2020 census is underway and that you Yes, you must participate. That's right. I know people can get nervous when someone from the government shows up with a clipboard. But here's the truth. Participating in the census will help us get our fair share of representatives to Congress. And it will also get more federal funds to our community that we can use on urgent matters like community policing, for instance, and many other things. You don't have to be a voter. You don't have to be a citizen even. In terms of the census, you count. Everyone counts. But you won't count unless you participate. Please take the time. Answer the questions. 10 questions, 10 minutes. Show up for your community. If you haven't completed the census form at this time, please visit census.gov to find out what you need to do now. Thank you to PeaceWorks United and the Greater Tacoma Community Foundation for your sponsorship of Channel 253 and getting the word out about the 2020 census. Sister, we I mean, this world is so crazy right now. I don't even know what's up and what's down. 
we do know that craziness is going on. And one thing I, I don't want us to, we have to say something about this. Then this is part of the collective crazy. One of the reasons I think my heart is so heavy as well is watching the image of a 75-year-old man. Ooh, girl, ooh, girl, ooh, Did girl. you see that? Being pushed I down in Buffalo. The first thing I talked about, the first thing I thought about is, oh, my God. Daddy. That's mommy and dad. That's, that's daddy. Mommy and daddy. Like, they didn't push our parents down on the ground, bleeding from the head, and just keep walking. Everybody stepping over. And when the one the one police officer, he he got ready to kneel and then the other one, you know, was like, no, no, that. And 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 and, and the our elder, our human elder, our elder is laying on the ground bleeding. with his bleeding. I, I, I it, it's got to stop. OK, there's got to be a different way because this ain't the way. Other countries, other countries don't do this. Girl, listen, I I am going to co-sign on that with you because I'm going to just take you back. Remember when the Peace Queen went to Norway, right? And they yeah. interviewed um, the brothers, the black men. We interviewed yeah. the black yes. men in, in Norway in our documentary about their relationship with the police. Yes, I remember. remember. And they were it was astounding. They, they were like, uh, you know, we could with the police. We don't have no problems because the police don't carry guns here. Um, they're, they're I don't like think so. Them. You asked them. Think, you know, I think the gun is in the car. But the whole idea of policing there is reform. You know, that to, to was, make people mm. be, to help them be better citizens and, you know, get get repentance or whatever from how they were and to what they become, but this whole um, physical abuse. And then remember, I told you I walked up to the uh, one of the female police officers. Yes, and I said, I said, okay, girl, look. Now I heard that you all don't carry guns, and she said that's right. And I'm saying, well, how do you de-escalate conflict? And she said, we use our words, girl. I remember, remember that. I do. We use I our do. words. It was mind-boggling um, when you were in, or when you told me that. It was also mind-boggling when I was watching the documentary and saw those two young black men, and the when you asked them about their relationship with the police. This is in Norway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. White people. Yes. White her people, I would think. The white people. white people, people. right? Yeah. And so when you ask those two, first of all, I was down there. There was black people in Norway. Let's just go there. Yeah. After that, those two young black men, and one of them was a rapper. Yeah, he was a rapper, girl. Yes, one of them did. was a rapper. <laughs> And when you asked them that question and the look of puzzlement on their face, and then they looked, they looked at you. And they like, looked at each other. Then they looked at each other. And then they were like, no, we okay. We, we don't have we no problems. We don't have a problem. And too, so that at 60 years old was my revelation. 
Yeah. What? There is a better way. Everybody don't have a problem with Popo? There's another way. Black people and the police can coexist. There is another way. Norway may be able to teach us something. And maybe that, you know, Norway, I mean, that blew my freaking That was deep. Yes, it did. Okay, sister, can I tell you just... um, Inside of that, I think it's as a result of that um, level of heightened understanding, the Peace Queen documentary did win two Telly Awards. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. For television excellence. One in general television for motivation and one in general television for social impact. And I think a lot of it has to do with we showed the world that there's another way Something for different. black and white people to exist with the police. Absolutely. Uh, and congratulations, by the way, Thank that, you. yeah, bringing, bringing that kind of insight yes. to, to the public, that was deep. And most of us would have never been able to see that. Yes. How would we know that? How would we get, even if we visited there, how would we get into what it's like living there and and as black people as well but i tell you that was deep to me and i know and i also heard recently that norway's police had not killed anybody in 10 years 10 10 years can you imagine that here in the united states of america girl we can't go anywhere girl 10 days. Even we can't 10 go minutes. 10 hours, 10 minutes, somewhere 10 around. Oh, my goodness. So um, the other thing that since we're calling stuff out and, you know, just heightening understanding, um, Minneapolis got something going on that's pretty innovative in that they are, from what I heard, they're working very vigilantly di- to um, just hold, just dismantle their whole police department. And hmm. move towards uh, some a new system and a new structure. Doug, D- okay, now Doug then brought this to our attention. You know, this is how we do. We just everybody researching to find out what's going on. Doug, what say you? Uh, it was the New York Times. Their Twitter uh, feed said a veto-proof majority of the Minneapolis City Council pledged to dismantle the city's police department, vowing to create a new public safety system. Wow. Did you hear that word? They said system. Wow. Right. It's our system. Let us, uh, we got people that operate inside of the systems, but they can only be successful if the infrastructure of the system allows them. And so as anti-racist, then our job is to show up and dismantle and disrupt Whenever that system impacts you negatively or in any way, you got to report it. You got to show up to your HR departments and tell them what's going on and and the 411 on who's doing what. We cannot be afraid anymore. The sister, our Shiro, oh my God, I had her name and now I'm going to find it, but I had her name. Our Shiro that that, uh, videotaped the Tacoma police. doing what they said that they didn't do yes. and exposing yes. the truth. She's our Shiva. We have to love her. We need more people to put those cameras on the truth. Put and, the camera. Uh, that is your protest. When you see something going on, whip out that camera. 
Well, and I'm going to go back to it is going to take all of us to disrupt the systems, to disrupt whatever's happening with police, that system of violence and silence within. And it's going to take all of us to disrupt, to destroy and dismantle systemic racism. And it is going to take all of us to create a new system. And when I say all of us, I'm gonna go back white people, we need you. And I'm gonna say again, if you are sitting in silence, oh God, oh God, that's the knee on our necks. Mm -hmm. You're contributing to that. That's the knee on our necks if you're sitting in silence. I had one of my white friends reach out to me last night. She texted me out of the blue and she said, hey, I listened to Unapologetically Black. And I want you to know that you and your sister, and you and your sister, we need your voice. And I'm going to share this with everybody in my network. And this is a white woman Mm -hmm. living in the suburbs, in Texas. You know, got the nice home, good job. Don't have she don't have to say nothing. Yeah. What she said, what she also said was, we need this. Yeah. We need this. We need to hear this. And I told her, I shared with her, I said, you know, quite frankly, I didn't know when we started this last year, I didn't know if I wanted to do this. That fear was there was a little bit of fear in me about speaking truth to white people. That's truth. There was a little bit of fear in me with that. Strong as I am, there was but still that piece. We raised. It's all in our psyche. Be scared of white people. Because What if somebody from my people. job hears, hears this? What if, you know, I still don't talk about my job. Yeah. I still don't. You don't say it out loud. I don't yeah, say it out I, loud. I, I, I say it on the side. <clears throat> I say it on the side. Mm. And I recently shared something that was very positive about my job, but I just don't know. I don't know, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just don't know. No, no. I know because we were just raised in that, you know, it's, it's a, it's the fear of um, lynching. Okay. And we talked a little bit about that. The, the last time when I talked about how I was lynched on my job at um, the state of Washington, right. When yes. I worked for the department of general administration, And so these lynchings for people that uh, speak out or they come to work unapologetically black and they show up in the spaces and they lift their voice and, you know, try to speak truth to the authority and stuff. These are the ones that they experience a a good old fashioned, old fashioned lynching in the plantations of the government. 
right? And you say plantations because they're just like uh, slavery, mass of this. And when, when you're working in institutions where everybody in the leadership is white, everybody yes. puts up your chain of command and everybody is white, please tell me how different is that than the plantation? And so now you have to look at, okay, if I'm on the plantation, how do, in order to avoid the lynching, how do I, Massa, how do I add value? Massa, you see me like changing. Look, I'm not going to, look, girl, I ain't going to get the rope myself. Yeah, Massa, right? But Why would I go get the rope myself? Why would I go and hang myself. So I'm just going to be quiet unless you are one of those slaves that had the, uh, you know, the, the spirit and the intention that they was going to, you know, run away. And then, you know, they shoot them in the back yep. and as they're running down the road. It's the, and, you know, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. They shoot them in the back. Because uh, what's home girl's name? Candace done went and told them. Oh, Candace told him. Yeah, Candace. Massa. Massa. Candace. Toby oh. running. He running today. Candace done. Honey, Candace done ran up in the in, in the in the big house and told Massa. Okay, I think what I'm gonna just say her name one time so that the white people know because some of them probably listen to him. Candace Owens is that her name? Girl. Yeah, Candace. Can, uh, girl. 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 Oh, girl, Candace. Girl. Come on Candace. Now. Okay, so okay, let, what, me, girl, what? Uh, let me describe Candace. Okay, please. Candace, Candace is a young black woman who something clearly happened in her life that has caused her to self-hate and with self-hating her black skin Candace is speaking out against black people for white people, the white, the white, the bad white people, and saying everything that that the bad white people wanted to say. So bad white people can say, see, black people think this too. It's not us. Candace, honey. She ain't ain't black like us. No, 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 no. Mm. Something happened. Something happened to Candace, so all we have to we do is We are unapologetically black, honey. She is rejectedly black. Okay, but I let don't me know say. what happened to that child. What no, happened let me to just her? say, this is how we do with, this white people, this is how we do in our family when um something goes sideways. We just going to let you in for a second. This is what we say about Candace. We'll be like, bless her heart. Mm-hmm. Bless her heart, honey. She mm. didn't. I said, I said, um, uh, when I, when I looked at, I couldn't even look at, look at her whole video. Yes. I had to turn it off and I said, Ooh, bless her heart. Something done happened to that child. Something what happened. happened to her? What happened? Now, to something her? happened. Who did that? Who did that to her? And I'm not saying all black people think alike. Quite frankly, I, uh, I totally rejected. This is a whole nother show. Okay. I totally reject just because I have black skin, I have to be uh, everything that a, an individual black person does in the world is mine to own. I hate that. I yeah. hate that. With that said, Candace, girl, mm, something mm-hmm. to you, baby. 
this also what we say, Candace, she's special. Well, and and there's another name we have for Candace, and okay. it is called Sally. Oh yeah, that, oh yeah, oh yeah. Miss Ann is Sally. She's okay. Sally, honey. She's Sally Sunshine. For but black people that do that, she black women that do that, mm-hmm. that's Sally Sunshine. Okay, and listen, white people, this is the last thing I want to say because this is a big, this is big in your revolution of consciousness. Because what Audrey and I are doing is we're just trying to give you some insight into we we know that you are just confused right now because the world, the whole world has just been like things that you thought that you believed like now, oh my God. So we're calling it out. We're calling it out and we know that you know. things that that you've never seen before. That's why you can loud. But here's the last thing I want to say to white people about black people is that one of the things, one of the tactics that that has been employed is that um, y'all just go to one organization you feel like you just go to one organization and that's where you get all your black news. Like you go to one organization and feel like everything that you need to know about black is with that organization. But what you fail to realize is that black is diverse. And, and if one organization mm-hmm. stands up to say that they speak for all black people, um, you might want to be suspect about that because that's not how it goes. Well, that's not how it goes. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to get this in real quick. White people, if you really want to know, get you some black friends. Where's your black friends? I mean, for real. For real. Where are your black friends? I'm going to say and it. I'm not talking. To- I'm sorry. I'm not talking about you go to work and there's a black person that sits beside you. Where are your black friends? Why do black people have so many white friends? So many other friends. Ask yourself why you don't. If you don't, I think that's a valid question. Mm-hmm. Why not? What have you done intentionally? What have you done intentionally to make your circle not look like you? Yeah, girl, I'm sorry. Because I just, girl, I'm just repeating myself. If everybody on your Facebook page looks like you, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Everybody on your Facebook page looks like you, or your Twitter feed, or your LinkedIn. You know, you got work to do. You have got work to do, my friends. Oh, my God. We're, we're going to, this is how we're going to beat this. We're going to beat this when each of us sees that each of us humans has value. That's how, that's how we're going to beat racism. That's how we're going to beat uh, yes. racism. That's how we're going to beat everything. Okay, because listen. And and we spend a lot of time talking about cops. So I want to I want to get to my good cops. Quote, you said there's no such, but let's just use the language of what the world used, the good cops. Yes. If you identify yourself as a good cop. Mm-hmm. Come on, we need you. We need you. We need you right now. The leadership in these organizations, we need you right now. 
How can you deploy one action and support another action? Come on, this is what a girl, let me, let me, let me just put this in here because I'm so excited. In my PhD program, I'm moving really close to my dissertation and I have to write a proposal and all that stuff. And so I learned about this method of inquiry called human-centered design, right? Human-centered design. Okay. And, in, and in human-centered design, the people that are at the core of the problem are the ones you ask for the solution. Oh, dear Jesus. Okay. And so with this academic framework I'm calling for, I would be so excited to do, let me put this out here, a longitudinal study, meaning a long time. Okay. Mm. Because how long have we been dealing with this problem? 400 years. 400. And how long has Tacoma police been dealing with this? I think his name was Alfred Burris or somebody like that, where they shot that man in the front of his, in, in his lawn. In his yard. In mm-hmm. his yard in the late 70s and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a police, we remember. This ain't new to you. This, is, this has happened to you before, right? And so what you count on is for the community to um, forget. But the other thing is like, if we were intentional human-centered design, from the time Alfred Bur- the Burris man was murdered, we could have birthed and raised up our own police officers. They'd be 25 or 30 right now. Well, look, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to put out a 10-day challenge to white people. 10 days, in the next 10 days, If you don't already have one, I want you to intentionally go out, seek, and begin cultivating a relationship with the Black person, okay? If you don't already have one, 10 days, I want you to look around you and intentionally, intentionally, if you don't already, find a Black person. And don't be creepy about it because they probably going to be scared of you anyway. But find a black person to start cultivating a relationship with. And I'm going to tell you, if you do that, your life will be changed forever because what you will find is we have more in common than you may even think. It's not the skin. It's not the skin. It's not this. Well, girl, listen, you know, I know some white people probably sitting there like all nervous about this and everything. And so the the part of what Audrey is 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 uh, challenging you to do is going to involve uh, some level of discomfort. Yep. And that's the point. Yep. And don't expect don't expect everyone to want to be the ones to teach you. Some of y'all, some of them going to be like, oh, hell to the nice than you. You know, because we have a right to be angry. Well, when here's what I'm, uh, let okay. me say this real quick. You said it's going to require a level of discomfort. You're right. And guess what? At least you're alive to be uncomfortable. Yeah, you're alive to be uncomfortable. All right, girl, we did, we we have um, run 
the gamuts of emotion. And I think we just wanted to get on the mic 253 and just let continue talking. Okay, continue the dialogue. What we did hear from you is that you appreciated unapologetically black one. Overwhelmingly, we heard from you about that and that you are using this podcast in your families, that you're sharing it and you're talking about it. And so we hope that you continue doing that. And um, we're just gonna continue with our real talk because it's from our heart and it's with love. We love you, Tacoma. We love you, 253. We love you, that's for sure. Drop Drop the mic. Boom, peace. Thank you for listening to What Say You. If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at melanie at missmelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma. This is Channel 253.